0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's us hit deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan.
2: Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time! And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com Comeback pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now,
3: sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Welcome to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Cardinal baseball tonight. We've got a little time until the Cardinals play at 6.08. We've got a little time until the Blues play, whenever that is, either Tuesday or Wednesday, it looks like, against the Colorado Avalanche. In the second round, it's going to be a heck of a series. And there are a lot of Game 7 still to be played today. There are four more. There were three in the NHL yesterday. There are two in the NBA, two in the NHL tonight, and plenty to come in the area of NASCAR and golf on this show. Hello, Brian Kelly. Hello, Tom Ackerman. How are you? I'm doing great. We got a lot going on, and on top of that, above the fold, Sunday Post Dispatch: Undercover of Darkness: The Inside Story of How the Rams Ditched St. Louis. If you thought you knew everything, well, there's a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, I mean, Not I knew breaking news: The Rams no. and the NFL lie to us. Right. Uh, Stan Kroenke, it just so happens, owns the Colorado Avalanche. I can't wait to see the Blues fans infiltrate the arena in Denver, Mm -hmm. whatever they call that now, Ball Arena. Ball Arena. The Jar. The (laughs) Jar. And start uh, the Kroenke chant there, and then, of course, games three and four in St. Louis are going to be bananas. Uh, The quote in here, we're going to try very hard to stay under the radar screen, and nobody will know we bought it. Kroenke told Goodell, what is it? The old Hollywood Park racetrack in Inglewood. This is documents uncovered that are in the post-dispatch, quote, from Kroenke, again, will stay hidden, which is what we want for as long as we can. Meanwhile, Roger Goodell lies and says, quote, there are no plans to my knowledge of a stadium development. Yeah, they met Goodell, Kroenke, and two owners met in October
4: of 2013. To talk about the move to L.A. In I, the Super Bowl press conference in 2014, a few months later, Goodell said,
3: I I have no idea of
4: any plans to go to L.A.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bald-faced lie. Amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to play some cuts. This just made me want to do this now. Now I'm getting upset. <laughs> 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 now you got me off. I upset. feel you, brother. I tell now, you I'm, what. Now man. I'm getting upset because I interviewed Eric Grubman. Oh yeah. The executive vice president. Uh-huh. And there's some quotes in here from him. Yeah. So I'll I'll play some stuff where he lied to me then, if that's the case. Right. Because, to your he's, face. because he says here, I am trying to get a terrific LA opportunity to materialize. And I want to do it under cover of darkness. Because if we acknowledge
4: anything, it's hard for us to play the dunce. Hmm. Because they were going to, a reporter with the LA Times called and said, hey, we're, what, what about this property that Cronkies going to buy? And the league decided, including Greg Aiello, the PR guy, and the attorney for the NFL, one of the attorneys, and they said, we need to have Cronkies company come out with a statement. So that we can't touch it. And Grubman said, well, yeah, because if we acknowledge it, then we can't play the dunce. And so that's when Cronky Real Estate put out a statement saying, well, he buys property all over for a lot of things. We don't know what we're
3: going to do with it yet. Wow. Yeah. Let's play a little bit of this. This is Eric Grubman.
5: I view the city much as the city views itself. This is a city with a lot of passion, which has demonstrated tremendous support for its franchises and its cultural attractions and um, it's a city which in many respects has been a crossroads for well over a hundred years and there's no reason it shouldn't continue as such but you still have the meat and potatoes issue of you got to produce a viable project and there are some terrific cities los angeles included that have not produced viable projects for many years and if they don't they don't have a franchise
3: This is an interview that he did with me on June sixteenth, 2015. Actually, probably a little bit earlier than that. It's dated in this system as that, but it was just before that. Here he is again. Does Stan Kroenke, at this point, have what it takes to justify a potential relocation?
5: I think it's uh, too early to tell whether um, any team has a case to justify relocation. You have to have a place to go to permanently, and that place has to be available to you, meaning it's not, those rights are not occupied by some other team or teams, um, and you have to have a permanent location, um, which plan is approved by the league. Second, you have to be able to satisfy your fellow members that the market you're departing has failed, and that it is not able to, uh, produce a successful, healthy franchise opportunity. And third, you have to have a plan between A and B. So you, if you want to look at it in even simpler terms, your existing location has to have failed. You have to have a temporary plan, and you have to have a place that you can build and go to.
3: Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As I'll read the quote again, meanwhile, this is what he said behind the scenes. I am trying to get a terrific LA opportunity to materialize, and I want to do it under cover of darkness. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable! They lied. Well, they paid seven hundred ninety million dollars for that lie. Right? Uh, could you have gotten more out of them? I don't know. I mean, the settlement is the settlement, and, yeah. and what's done is done. But it makes it uh, it it makes it sing a little bit more.
4: Well, you know, and and Grubman held those farcical hearings with the fans showing up, some of them in tears trying to convince the NFL not to take the team away, all the time knowing they were gone. And that's what, you know, it's one thing, if you want to move your team, then you come on and say, we're going to move. But Cronkie even said there's a point in there where they talk about how he wanted to make sure to keep it quiet so that they could sell tickets in St. Louis in 2014. So he knew they were going to move, but he kept it quiet so that the fans here, who he knew were loyal, would give him more money
3: to buy tickets. Here's one more where I asked him about Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner.
5: Jerry knows the rules, and he can speak for himself, but I'm sure Jerry Jones was focused on his disappointment and his passion and not on this question. Um, There's no question that new locations, new leases, modified stadiums, renovated stadiums, all those things are subject to a vote. Whether a team leaves or stays, it needs a vote. And we are a League of Rules and the rules are followed.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> got
3: it. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Uh
5: huh.
3: Appreciate that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you followed him. All right. Uh, let's do our blues breakdown. Can you come back at 1145 before you do sure. the new news? Okay. Yeah. We're going to move that. We usually start with talking blues, but this got my attention. The post-dispatch above the fold under cover of darkness, which is the direct quote from Eric Grubman. And that's my interview with him back in. Uh you know, when the Rams were already planning to leave, but they yeah. said that they weren't. Yeah.
4: <laughs> anyway. If you're gonna support a team by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals would be the team to support. Their owner was with us the whole way. Yeah. He was the only one who stood up for St. Louis. So if you have a team, you don't have a team yet, you wanna pick one cheer for the Bengals.
3: We have a lot to get to, including Cardinals manager, Ollie Marmel, is going to join us in one
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that
6: There's joy in every journey. It's 10-14. There's a high fly
2: ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice,
3: KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio in downtown St. Louis. And we welcome into the program live Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel on a great day in St. Louis. And I know a great day in his world after a victory. How are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Great win yesterday. Great, great win. Four nothing over the Giants. We're going to go through it, and a big game tonight again. All these games are big. Six oh eight tonight with Waino on the mound, and the Cardinals coming off a victory. Just uh, your, before I play some of these highlights, your overall feelings after what you saw yesterday?
7: Well, yesterday was a good day. Um, I mean, we've gone uh, the last several weeks. Uh, kind of on and off as far as being able to score runs. Uh, yesterday we put some really good quality at-bats together. And uh, like always, played good defense. Um, bullpen did their job. It was, a, it was a fun one to watch.
3: Speaking of defense, here's Tommy.
1: Now the pitch. Ground ball toward right field. Diving play. Tommy Edmund to his feet. Throws him out. What a play in short right field. That took a hit away, and it took away first and third. Peterson is left on and hang a star on that play, 4-3. Tommy Edmund with the dive and the accurate throw to Paul Goldschmidt.
3: John Rooney with the call, second inning. There's
1: a line drive. Tommy Edmund with the catch in short right field. Tommy put up the glove at the last seven. Second, that is, and timed his leap. As Longoria lines out, there's a second great play today by Tommy Edmonds. That was the
3: first out of the second inning, and uh, Dakota Hudson got his way through that inning as well. I'll tell you what, I hear a lot of former players, Ollie, say that they would love to have played with Tommy Edmond. He he is just a classic ball player.
7: He really is. He's a gamer. Um, Every championship club has someone like him. He's just gritty. Um, and does all the things right, man. On the bases, he's always looking for opportunities to take advantage of the other club. Um, And defensively, he's a stud. Uh, He does a nice job on, on both sides of the ball. We're seeing him with higher production from the left side, um, always been good, right-handed, but uh, he's he's putting it together and it's fun to
3: watch right now. Bottom of the second, leading off, Yadier Molina. Very uplifting. The 2-1 pitch
1: is hit hard, deep right center field. That's in the gap, and that's high off the wall. Molina streaking for second The throw in the slide. Safe at second as the ball bounced away from Crawford. Molina missed a home run by about a
3: foot. Yeah, it goes as a double. I'll tell you what, he's got a little jump in his step there. He gets in there, gets the double, Ollie, and uh maybe that rest every so often is doing him good as the Cardinals get the double from him. He now has two thousand one hundred twenty-eight hits passing Mike Piazza for sixth on the all-time catcher's list for hits. That is remarkable.
7: Unbelievable. This is a guy. If you if you look at his last several games, we're seeing some really good at bats. Um His hands are coming in through the zone. He's pulling the ball well. He's staying the other way. We're seeing a a really good version of Yachty uh, timing-wise. And and that's the thing, getting spring training a little later um, made it difficult for him to start the season well. But he's feeling really good right now. We're seeing some really, really good at-bats as of late.
3: Yachty goes to third on a ground out by Dylan Carlson. Here's Brendan Donovan. Off to a
1: really good big league start. Donovan rips a hit down the right field line. Molina scores one nothing. Donovan loses the helmet. He's running for second. He's in there standing with an RBI double.
3: It's 1-0 Cardinals. I'll tell you what, I know Juan Yepes gets a lot of attention, and he should, but Brendan Donovan's hitting 320, and he drives in a run there. Good start for Donovan. He has five RBIs, Ollie.
7: This guy's a gamer, Tom. He's uh, he's just one of those baseball rats. Loves the game, loves competition. Doesn't back down from anything. Um, loves the moment. Uh, this is he's really really fun to watch and, and put in that lineup because he's always looking to do something. If you look at that young group that we talked about Pez and Donovan and uh, Polantes and Walsh—and and that group that was down there during spring training, that a couple of them are now here. It's an interesting group because they don't don't make the moment any bigger than what it really is, and they, they don't scare, which is a great quality in a young player when they get to the big leagues. Their ability to actually be in the lineup, be asked to come out of the bullpen and not back down is a big deal, and these guys have that.
3: Dakota Hudson, he has really come into his own as a pitcher in his career. He's working the top of the fifth. He gives up a single to Joey Bart, then he strikes out Wade Jr., So there's one out and Brandon Belt singles. Now you have first and second. It ends up being this play that is just remarkable. Take a listen to this. Here is Jock Peterson grounding into a force out. That puts uh, Bart at third and Peterson at first, and then this.
1: Pitch high, throw to second base. Peterson is in a rundown, and Sosa tags him out. He just outran him. Tagged him out and over at third base. There was no chance for Bart.
8: To come down to try to steal a run. Well done. And maybe that's what they were talking about. How to defend the first and third steal. And they played it to perfection.
3: Executed by Yadier Molina and company. Ali Marmel in the dugout. Give us your perspective of what happened there. What a play.
7: This is uh, a guy that's been in the league for 48 years doing what he does. It's unbelievable. Um, Because he stands up and you can watch him the whole way. He's looking at the dugout. He's looking at their coaches and who's given the signs and he puts it together. He makes eye contact with Sosa. They're on the same page. He kind of signals what's about to happen. He looks over at our dugout um, and you can just tell he had everything already played out in his head, how this was going to go. And he calls for that fastball up in a way he stands up to make sure he gets it and it's over. Um, But that's an elite player doing a a very elite thing. Uh, That's, That's Yachty right there.
3: That is big-time stuff. It's 1-0 Cardinals, bottom of the fifth. Donovan grounds out. Sosa strikes out. Two outs. Here is Tommy.
1: Here's a high fly ball to right field. That's it deep. Back to the track. At the wall. It's a gutter. Tommy Edmund hits a home run. His fourth of the year. And the Cardinals lead 2-0 with two outs in the fifth.
3: You know, we talked a lot about Tommy already, but when you need an offensive spark, more often than not, he does do that, and he can do that too. That's his fourth home run of the year, Ollie. Yes, and this is this was the talk in spring
7: training. His ability once in a while to get something in the air pull side um, is important, and he's still using the whole field. still hitting the ball the other way, he's still hitting the doubles, but his ability to do that there Uh, Opens up his game to a whole other level, and we're seeing we're seeing a good bit of it. So uh, credit to him because that was a lot of hard work um, and a long process during spring where everyone was questioning, man, is he going to put it together? Is he going to be able to hit? Um, and he was just patient with what he was working on and carrying it out into the game, and now we're seeing it. a so credit to Tommy for that.
3: Henesis Cabrera comes into the game after Hudson's five innings. All he does is go strikeout, strikeout, ground out, and he's out of there. Uh, just a great outing by Henesis. The Cardinals unable to score in the bottom of the sixth, and it's a 2 ball game still. And now here we go in the top of the seventh. So Andre Pellante comes in to pitch. He gets a ground out, gives up a double, issues a walk, uh, but then after giving up a single, you make the move for Ryan Helsley, and Helsley does this.
8: And here comes the 3-1 delivery. That's hit to shortstop. Sosa has it, takes it himself, the throw to first. They got him! They got him! Big pitch by Helsley, big play by Sosa. What a job by Helsley. Outstanding.
3: First of all, that's a great call by Ricky Horton. Secondly, a really nice job there by Helsley and your infield to do what they're supposed to do. He throws the strike, and they make the play, Ollie.
7: No doubt about it, and that's the thing. Helsley's been overpowering all year, a lot of punch-outs, a lot of different ways, getting that ground ball there for the double play to end that inning. Um, That's big, especially where you're at in that lineup and the guys you're about to have to face. Um, That's a strong roster. That's a strong lineup and uh Helsley went and did his job our middle guys did their job it's a big deal
3: ball just explodes out of Helsley's hand i mean i i it looks like i know that these are professional hitters but it looks like they are having difficulty it's just got to be hard to time or square up i mean against somebody like that it's it's incredible what he's doing
7: yeah and the thing is he's mixing well he's stealing strikes because off speed early he can go i mean that's the thing. Is he throwing a hundred, a hundred and three? Yes, but he's pitching at a hundred and a hundred and three, and mixing. And it's an uncomfortable at bat. And then he's got a great hop and ride on that fastball. Um, that's a that's a tough one if you're on the other side of it.
3: Yeah, our old friend John Brebia is in pitching now for the Giants. We're in the seventh inning here. It's a 2 0 ball game still, and baseball happens to Brebia here. He strikes out Donovan. He gives up a hit to Sosa. Edmund flies out. He's almost out of the inning. Here is Paul Goldschmidt.
8: swinging a high fly ball to center field. And uh, looking up into the sun and shading the sun and having trouble with it. He dropped it. It's the center fielder, Slater. And Sosa will score all the way from first. It's 3-0 Cardinals. Slater was having trouble with that the whole way. And that is a gift run for St. Louis.
3: Next batter, Nolan Arenado. Arenado a chance to
8: add to the Cardinals lead. They lead 3-0 batting in the seventh. And that pitch is raked in down the left field line. And Ruff is not gonna get it. It's up against the wall. Goldschmidt's gonna score. Arenado. Changes places with him. He's at second base with a stand-up double, and it's 4 nothing Cardinals.
3: And just like that, you have yourself a comfortable 4-0 lead based on a couple of plays that are really the opposite of each other, but both very productive, Oliver Marmel.
7: Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the sun Sunball's one thing the score a run there, but good teams don't let you off the hook and capitalize on opportunities like that. And that's exactly what happened. Nolan comes up right after, smokes the ball to left field for a double, and, and we, we get one more run. And that's a nice cushion. So uh is one thing, but, but making sure that we capitalize on it and, and punish them for any mistakes being made is, uh, is what a good team does. So I was happy to see that as well.
3: Ryan Helsley finished the eighth inning. He ends up going an inning and two-thirds of scoreless ball. He has an ERA of zero. And in the ninth inning you hand the ball to Gio. Here's how it sounded.
1: Three balls two strikes runner at second two outs. Gallegos pitching to Lamont Wade Junior. The pitch on the way. Swing and a miss a Redbird winner. They shoot off the fireworks in downtown St. Louis, celebrating the Cardinal victory 4 nothing over San Francisco.
3: And 44,537 enjoyed that one, Ollie. I'm sure you can feel that, too. There's a difference when you come to St. Louis and play in this ballpark with a crowd like that.
7: There's a huge difference, and uh, you definitely feel it. It's something you look forward to when you're on the road for a while. Getting back home and seeing all those seats filled is a big deal. Um, I know the players are energized by it. The staff definitely is. And then there's responsibility to put on a good show um, for all watching. Um, so, yes. To your point, it, uh, it's definitely felt and, it, and appreciated.
3: It felt like a really big win. We're going to talk about your club when we come back, a second segment with Ollie Marmel, and also what's to come. The Mets this week, another huge series. They all feel that way. The Cardinals and the Giants tonight at 6.08. It's 10.31. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Oliver Marmol, Cardinals manager with us. Back in a moment.
1: There's
2: a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning.
1: And it's a gunner. Big fly.
2: Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Welcome back to the show with Cardinals manager, Oliver Marble. I'm Tom Ackerman. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio, and Ali six oh eight tonight is your game time against the Giants. A national telecast on ESPN, KMOX, of course, will have it. Uh, you're expected to have uh, Yadier Molina behind the plate for Adam Wainwright. That combo will go into history as one of the greatest, if not the uh, greatest, battery of all time. If, when when you think about it. But I wanted to go back to Wayno himself when you were. I saw you down in the dugout on Thursday. We chatted for a sec, and then here comes fifty. He goes trotting out on the field, and everybody's like, "Whoa, okay, well, it looks like uh, looks like Wayno's back." And through a bullpen, it was all about how you recovered from that, wasn't it? And then to see if he'd be ready for tonight.
7: Yeah, that's right. And and here's the thing with Wayno: if there's anybody you can trust, once they say, "Hey, I'm ready, I can go," um, it, it's him. And the reality is, he was able to stay. Uh, pretty in shape as far as throwing and, and working out during that downtime of uh, of COVID. So uh, he came back ready to go. He was able to throw his pen several days ago, which lined him up to be able to go today, and he feels great.
3: The Cardinals' uh, rotation, you've made some adjustments kind of as you go along because you had – you have the ability to do it. You have Jordan Hicks was moved into the Giants series. Matt's pitched on that Thursday and he was great, wasn't he? I mean what a what a nice comeback for him after uh, a tough go following his bereavement.
7: No doubt. And that says a lot about you. Your ability to you get beat up one day and um you don't feel great about it. And then uh to be able to prepare the way he did uh for that next uh for that next game was, was big. He did a nice job for us, a couple of solo homers, but uh man, he really uh he really pitched well
3: and we saw what Hudson did yesterday five scoreless for him miles Michaelis goodness I mean he just seems healthy strong happy everything's hitting for him right now what's going well
7: he's made uh, to your point he's healthy and let's start there um, he feels really good in the past he's had aches and pains and a little bit of this and there but uh, right now he's feeling really good he's healthy he's stronger than ever and uh, he's pitching with a lot of confidence um, His ability to throw any pitch in any count has really helped him keep guys off balance, Um, and he can finish you off uh, several different ways. Uh, So we're seeing a really good version of him. But, uh, yeah, he's healthy and he's strong.
3: And we talked about the excitement of the bullpen, and you have so many arms that you can go to there. That's exciting. The defense, obviously, is going to be good. We had that one game where there were some errors going on. You know that's not going to happen. It's, it's a, such a button-up defense. And you know where I'm going here. I mean, the, the offense really seems to be something that we see a lot in this game. I mean, there are some days that things go really well. There's some days where it's quiet. I, it, it's just a, a matter of sitting back at – game 162 at the end of the year and saying, where is this team? Because right now, if you look at the numbers in the national league, you're actually in the upper echelon of the national league when it comes to stats. And it shows what you did do before you went into some inconsistency here. This team was absolutely crushing it early in the year. Yeah.
7: And I agree with you. And, and, And that's not what's taking place right now. That's just the reality of it. We have some guys, um, that aren't in a great spot and and we can go down the list as far as what that looks like but um you go back 10 14 days and someone like dylan carlson was in a in a really bad spot uh not finding the barrel a whole lot if ever um man couldn't couldn't stay back One not in his legs couldn't uh, drive the baseball uh to the big part of the field and um wasn't feeling really good about it right now he's taking some much better at bats hard contact going the other way pulling the ball He's doing a nice job, and they're going to fall in even more, but we're seeing a much, much better version of Carlson, who's coming out of a little bit of that, that, uh, that slump. Same thing with Tyler O'Neill. Right now, not in a good spot. Uh, he knows it, we know it, and we have to figure out a way to get him out of there because it's more individualistic than it is uh, collectively. we got some guys that are swinging the bat well, um, but it's being able to string together quality at-bats Um, and that always doesn't mean a homer. It's uh, just being able to have quality at bat and hand it to the next guy behind you and letting them do their job. Um, So stringing them together right now has been a difficult part because we do have some guys that aren't in a great spot. Um, So uh, our job as a staff is to clean that up and and get them right, and uh, that's what we're working towards.
3: And we talked about Paul DeYoung in that fashion earlier, so now he's going to try to work his way through that in Memphis. And I'm curious your evaluation of the shortstop position as it stands right now. You've gotten a look at Sosa. He's come back. Uh, that must be a welcome sight considering where you are in your position right now at the big league level.
7: Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get a couple different looks here. At Sosa, we'll get a real shot at this at short. Um The way we look at it is Donovan has also done a nice job. Uh, Defensively, you're going to have Sosa's a better defender, uh, but you can't deny that Donovan's taking really good at-bats and putting together some quality um, games. So the way we look at it is uh, there's there's certain righties that are very tough on Sosa, and uh, those will be the days Donovan. uh, You might see Donovan out there, but there's plenty of righties that Sosa can feast off of, and, and definitely the lefties. So we'll mix and match, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see Sosa a decent amount, but Donovan will get a shot as well.
3: And I couldn't go uh, any further with you without mentioning Juan Yepes because even though uh, yesterday he didn't have a hit, it seems like he's had one every other <laughs> every other time he's stepped up there. Uh, and he got on base yesterday. He did have a walk. He just takes those quality abs. And and you know what? To be honest, he was doing it in the minors also. It just had to be an opportunity for him, what what makes him so effective right now at this early stage in his career?
7: Man, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is he takes every at-bat truly personal. Um, you can tell as he's in the hole, as he's on deck, Like just the amount of focus is is super high. Once you're in the big league school, it's hard not to give away at-bats. There's times where you go out there – Four pitches later, you're back in the dugout, and you're asking yourself, man, what the heck just happened? I want, I want ready for that at-bat. This kid's yet to give away a big league at-bat. Every at-bat, there's an intentionality, there's an approach, there's a process to it, and um, he's not scared. And that combination has led to the success that we're seeing here. But um, he's done a really, really nice job. Even yesterday, no hits, but squared one up up the middle, just missed a couple to left. Um, quality at bats as far as what he's trying to execute um you can see that he's going to miss the way he wants to miss and uh we're seeing we're seeing that day to
3: day right now has to be nice to have albert Pujols right a few lockers down from <laughs> one of the best to ever play this game uh to be able to lean on like that among others but but uh he he does seem like a student of the game too he seems like a Having not talked to him a lot, but heard him talk to us a lot, he he has that appearance of a sponge. Like he really wants to know, and 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 soaks it up. Student
7: of the game, yeah, absolutely student of the game, and that's one of the things we talked about in spring training when we signed Albert. um, I said, "Hey, listen, obviously this impacts you. You're not going to make the club. Albert's going to take that right-handed spot off the bench," Um, and he understood it. Um, And I said, "But here's what I want you. Here's what I would do if I were you." You have the greatest hitter of all time that's going to be in this clubhouse and if you ever want to do anything in this game i would highly advise you to be next to him every moment you get and there's going to be a chance sometime this year you're going to be up here with him and really take it in and, and pick his brain about approach and swinging and attacking pitchers and just really do a nice job of that and uh it's going to really help you and you can watch him he takes him at bat Comes in, and dug out. And the first thing he does is sit right next to Albert. They review that bat on the iPad. They talk through it, what he was trying to do, his approach, and then boom, he goes to attack the second at bat, and the third at bat. So this guy's really taking advantage of a lot of things that are just the resources around him.
3: Final thing, Ollie, baseball-wise, and then I have uh, a question about uh, the St. Louis Blues for you, real quick. But one is that the New York Mets are tomorrow. We all know what happened in the Mets series how do you not let that get into your head and just play ball and do what you got to do to beat a very good team?
7: Yeah, I, honestly, it's it's easy. Um, our job is to go there and win all four games. Um, it, I can care less what happened previously. Um, we're there to, to beat them and uh, go on to the next city in Pittsburgh and do it there. So, I know Prime Media and other people make a big deal out of it. The reality is we're going there with one thing on our mind, and that's to beat them um, pretty good every single day. So, uh, yeah, we like to leave there with four wins.
3: Yeah, I get it. And as you get what the job is for everybody, everyone's going to try to create a storyline and attention and all that stuff uh, when it comes into the game, but you'll be doing your thing. And there's a lot of attention right now on St. Louis for another reason. The St. Louis Blues are going to the second round to play a very good Colorado Avalanche team. What a, a, a fun time. I know you've experienced this before when St. Louis is lit up when both teams are playing at a high level, but what an exciting time to be in the city. No doubt.
7: And that's what we're here for, right? Like you, you watch the fans and I was able to attend that last one there, uh, the blues game, uh, with some of the players and the place was electric. I mean, as a player, as a coach, you sit there and you watch the blues play and I mean, you just get goosebumps every time that stadium goes crazy. Um, cause that's our job It's to provide a good game to everyone that's paying and attending. Um, And to see this city lit up for the Blues, um, it's encouraging to want to do the same on our side and and just allow the fan base to really experience an amazing year.
3: Well, it's exciting. It was great to to know that you were there and that the players were there, and I love the synergy between the two organizations. They really do uh, work well together, and it's great to see. It's 1045 on Sports on a Sunday morning. A little time for Oliver Marmel to get set down at the ballpark and get ready for a six oh eight game tonight. We can't wait. Love that night baseball on KMOX and looking forward to it. And I love these visits. Thank you very much for them.
7: No, Tom, appreciate you having
3: me. Love talking to him. There is Ali Marmel, the Cardinals manager, with us on KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you after the break. With Nick Rigone of the Ascension Charity Classic, he has a special announcement to make about their event in September. Don't go anywhere. PGA Tour Champions event about to get better. It's ten forty six now. Back in a moment.
9: There's a high selling a little or a lot.
2: Fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning.
1: And it's a gutter. Big fly,
2: Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! Kansas City on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Tom Ackerman back with you from the Stiefel Sports Studio in downtown St. Louis. Sebastian Munoz shot a 6-under 66 yesterday, 21-under. One shot in front of hometown favorite Jordan Spieth in McKinney, Texas. The Colombian, Sebastian Munoz, in the final round of the Byron Nelson. He also calls the Dallas area home, by the way. And Steve Stricker took a three-stroke lead into the final round of the region's tradition, birdieing the final hole for a 6-under 66 in Birmingham, Alabama. PGA Tour champions, I know, paying attention to that, is Nick Ragone of Ascension. The Ascension Charity Classic, a PGA Tour champions event right here in St. Louis. How are you, Nick?
10: I'm doing great, Tommy, and it's great to see Strick's on the leaderboard two weeks in a row. You know, <clears throat> He had an illness uh, all through the offseason, a pretty serious one. He lost a lot of weight. He was in the hospital. Uh, doctors didn't really know what it was, and so Stricker's is one of the great ambassadors for the game of golf and has been uh, a stalwart on the Champions Tour, and so I'm just super happy for him to see him playing well.
3: I agree with you. He's always been one of my favorites to watch, and I know that you have a great field coming uh, to Norwood Hills Country Club and the Ascension Charity Classic, but you have some announcements about some additions to that weekend. What do you have?
10: Yeah, it, it's great. You know, the excitement from last year, uh, it just continues to build, and we've already uh, doubled our corporate sales, sponsorships, pro-ams, hospitalities already versus last year, so it's been amazing, but uh you know, we're always looking at the field, and so really excited to announce that um, Justin Leonard, who actually played this week in Dallas on the Big Tour, uh, turns 50 on June 3rd, and he is going to be in our field. He's already committed, and he's also an Ascension brand ambassador. So he's going to be one of our brand ambassadors, along with Tom Lehman and Billy Andrade and a few others, Hale Irwin. And uh, just really pleased. I mean, Justin's a great golfer, obviously a former Open champion, Ryder Cup hero, Brookline in 99, uh, one one of the great good guys on the PGA Tour. And to have him, um, you know, he's going to be probably the biggest name in the rookie class for this year, along with David Duvall. Uh, who also will be in the field. So, we already have some uh, great names that have committed. You know, the field will be stacked. Um, the big player I'm hoping this year that plays that didn't last year was Freddie, and he's been playing a lot of golf. He played the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, really excited about the field and the way it's shaping up already.
3: That's outstanding. It's great to hear. By the way, I heard that Craig Barubi and Robert Thomas and I think Billy Huso were playing golf at Glen Echo yesterday. Uh, You know, that's another course in North County that I know has your attention as well as Normandy Golf Club. It's really something what you're doing for North County, Nick. And I know that you and I are friends and I would tell you that anyway, but I really, (laughs) I really am impressed. And, and having spent some time at a charity event last night in North St. Louis and what they're trying to do in North city, this is an area of St. Louis that was once glorious that I know so many people are trying to bring back, including yourself.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned Glen Echo. That's going to be the site of our APGA Classic, which is the African American Developmental Tour. It's going to be the same week as the Charity Classic. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we might have some really big, exciting news to announce about a partnership with the APGA and the PGA Tour for that tournament. Can't get out in front of it yet. but And then we also have our Legends Challenge. You mentioned Coach Berube. You know, next year, he'll be back. He and Ozzy are coming back. And instead of two-on-two last year, you remember, it was Jack and Tom and Ozzy and Coach. We're going to do three-on-three this year. And so also happy to announce – uh, a couple of our legends, Lee Reno being one of them, who's one of the all-time great brand ambassadors for the game of golf. Nancy Lopez, who is one of my heroes and another great ambassador for the game. We got Ozzie and Coach uh, Hale Irwin, you know, local legend, and then a sixth, which is TBD. I can't announce it yet. We're close, but it's a huge name, not in the, the world of golf, but kind of a huge sports celebrity type that. Uh, brings real star power to it. So, you know, that legend Saturday, if you remember, Tom, we had 8,000 people following Nicholas Watson, Coach, and Ozzie. People really love to come out and see some of the greats of the game. And to be able to have Nancy Lopez and Lee Trevino be a part of that. And both of them indicated to me they also wanted to be engaged on our APJ event at Glen Echo that same week. And it just shows you their commitment to growing the game and making it more diverse.
3: It's such a great golf course. And I'll be there tomorrow for the Billiken Golf Classic talking about Norwood Hills Country Club. Why do you think so many people are attracted to this event right now what what is the the biggest thing about the momentum of the event do you think
10: st louisans love two things they love live sports and they love giving back to the community and i think in both categories we punch way over our weight and you know i've been here now eight years i'm not a native of here but this is my adopted hometown we're never leaving but and when you bring those two things together tom with great live golf you know, we saw it at the Belle Reve 2018 PJ, and the ability to give back. We raised over a million dollars last year alone from North St. Louis County, the Urban League Boys and Girls Club in Mary Grove. When you bring those two things together, St. Louis has come out in droves. And, you know, we set all sorts of records last year for attendance, for a first-year event, for charitable giving, for a first-year event. And I could tell you the way it's trending already, and I don't want to give out hard numbers yet, but um, we're we're going to probably, I think, trend 50 percent above last year when it comes just to fan attendance which was already huge and i think within a couple years uh our champions tour event honestly will will look like uh, a pga tour event it'll 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 be somewhere in the top you know top mid-tier pga tour events as far as attendance build out hospitality and so forth and so that speaks volumes about st louis the sports community
3: This is September 6th through the 11th, all of the activity, the pro-am, the events, uh, you mentioned the APGA, everything that happens that first full week of September after Labor Day weekend. How do people get in touch with you, get tickets and potential sponsorships and other efforts?
10: Sure, just go to com. I will tell you uh, we our club 314s are that was really popular down on the 17th hole. Those are selling out really quickly. Uh, the pro ams, the Thursday pro am I'm told is pretty much sold out. So uh, if anybody wants to play in the Wednesday Pro Am, and we have a Tuesday Pro Am for the APGA, go to essentialcharityclassic.com right now because my my guess is they'll be fully sold out by the end of June. And then hospitality and sponsorships—we're uh, we're trying to find more things to sell at this point. We have so many corporate partners, and going to have a couple of big announcements in the next two weeks on more partners that are getting involved. But. Um, you know, this. Th- my only thought now is great weather like last year. That was one thing we couldn't control. We had amazing weather last year. So if you have any say on that, Tom, talk to the weather team. Make sure we get some great weather I will that do week.
3: my best. We'll get Dean DeVore's attention. Nick Ragona, Executive Vice President, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Ascension. Have a great day. You too, Tommy. And go Blues, go Cards. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back after the news.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.